What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I tell you what, I've done a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Here's what's coming up on the show. Fun show. Scott Miller makes a big mistake. We've got new coaches and coordinators to talk about. We have possibly a Rams quarterback competition. The big uh, crux of the show will be projections, early projections, like Lamar Jackson is QB2 for Heath and not quite there for Chris. And a segment called... Plans for Heath. Plans for Heath. That Heath doesn't know about, but it's in the show. What's going on, Heath? We'll get to Chris. We'll bring on Chris in a moment. Hey, Heath, you ready for plans for Heath? You like It's kind of funny because there are other people who have plans for me in the coming week and a half that I don't know about yet either. So yeah, this uh, is related. my wife... My wife often has plans for me that I don't know about. So this is a, a very comfortable situation. All right. What's up, Chris? Chris, how was your um your first foray into NFL or football, fantasy football projections? It's it's really fun because uh, the process and, and obviously anybody who's listened to Heath go through this knows, but the process of doing that is very different from the process of just coming up with rankings. And so there are times when you come up with a result that you don't necessarily agree with. And you, I, I think that's valuable. I think it's, it's, it helps you test your assumptions. And, and, you know, when you think someone like Cam Akers is going to be one of the big breakout stars for 2021, which I think is going to be a pretty much consensus opinion. And then you have him ranked where uh, Heath and I seem to based on the projections, you know, it, it, it definitely makes for some interesting talking points. All right, so I'll ask you, you know, what do you do when your projections look a lot different than what your, you know, what your mental rankings, I guess, were before you did the projections? I'll tell you, I'll ask you that after I tell you that today's episode is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you. Check out Express for all the comfy, casual, and versatile styles for men. We'll tell you more about Express later on in the show. Um, so I have some general questions for projections, but we can start with that. So you, you know. Cam Akers is going to be a breakout star. Then you run your projections, and he's not ranked as a breakout star, Chris. So then do you stay loyal to your projections, or do you adjust uh, and say, nope, let's move him up? Uh, I think it's a bit of both. I think for my first draft of the uh, rankings that we put on the site um, a couple weeks ago, I pretty much just went with the what the projections say. And that's because, you know, we'll have six to seven months to to talk through those things. and. 
you know, it's not just the rankings that'll change, but it's the projections that'll change. And in Cam Akers case, you know, I think a lot's going to depend on the passing game role. That's something that we've seen from the Rams in the past that they've used their running backs in the passing game, but they didn't really this year. That, that was a, a pretty significant change really over the last two seasons. The, the usage of the Rams running backs in the passing game has really changed. And, um, that's going to play a significant part in in whether Cam Akers is able to make this big leap because I don't think he's going to be uh, an especially efficient running back. Why? Uh, I, you know, I, I assume Heath has a similar. Well, uh, well, why position. wouldn't he be efficient? He was pretty efficient the, as a rookie. He wasn't a particularly efficient rusher in college, and the Rams' running game hasn't been particularly efficient over the last couple of seasons. So I, I think that's the. Um, I think that's the combination there. And he was, you know, I what did he finish the season with? And yards per carry fluctuates widely from year to year. Um, but it just doesn't seem like as great of a situation as it once did. All right. He, he was in the median range for yards per carry last year. 4.3 is right in the, yeah, it's just about average um the other thing i will say just in response to that question even though it wasn't asked to me is it was was. it's why um like the the that those are the guys and i've already done it with a couple um since i did my first run through but it's why why is the projection so much different than what my expectation was what's like in the situation of cam Akers? um when i first did his projection he was like running back 30 and I was looking more at his usage over the full season. And if you look at it just the regular season, you're like, oh, that was only four or five games at the end of the year when Daryl Henderson was hurt when he got 20 carries per game. But then there's two more in the playoffs as well. And so I, I had him a little lower on total carries than I probably should have. Um, but yeah, like those are the guys when it stands out. And I'm like, well, I don't like that. Those are the guys that you spend more time on. Okay. Yeah, and the Rams will be really interesting. You know, they got this quarterback controversy. They got a new offensive coordinator. Um, they've been worse offensively. You look at Sean McVay, and uh, let me just make sure, because I know we're going to talk about the Rams wide receivers, make sure I get this stat right. But um, they're scoring their points per game in, in four years under McVay, 29.9, basically 30, 33 points per game, 24.6, 23 uh, they've gone from first to second to eleventh to twenty-second in scoring. They were not bad in yards last year. They were eleventh in yards, but they were twenty-second in scoring. Really bad in the red zone. But one thing they do pretty consistently, they get a lot of rushing touchdowns. Which uh, I don't know how that factors in for you guys, but that is something that, uh, well, that you do see. Like that's one of the things I was just looking at. Their scoring has gone down, but their rushing touchdowns over the past three years: twenty-three, twenty, nineteen. Um, that really has not been impacted as much. And that's kind of a reflection of Jared Goff's poor performance in terms of touchdown rate every year, except for one in his career. Yeah. And last year, he was ninth in the NFL in pass attempts, 22nd in red zone pass attempts, 25th in green zone inside the 10 yard line pass attempts. So, you know, that, that I always wonder like, what if that changes? What if they start throwing more in the red zone and then the rushing touchdowns come down? There's a lot, to, there's a lot that you just can't, can't know. So can't be an easy exercise, I guess, to uh, project and do rankings. Um, Chris, I'll go back to you for this one. 2020 was the highest scoring season in NFL history. So do you expect more of the same in 2021? Uh, no, on the whole, I think scoring will probably go down. And then I think the reasons why scoring was up were 
fairly predictable. This was something that we saw back in, uh, I think it was 2011 when there was the the lockout for the NFL that was, you know, didn't impact any games, but did impact training camp. And, you know, that always seems to give the offense an edge. And that's what we saw, especially early on in the season. I think, um, I want to say scoring actually sort of normalized as the season went on, but especially early on in the season, we were looking at uh, some pretty gaudy numbers. You remember Dak Prescott was on pace for, I want to say close to 6,500 passing yards before his injury. Um, you know, that definitely gave the offense an edge, and I think it will regress a little bit. But, um, you know, the era that we're in with teams playing with so many offensive weapons on the field now, I, I think we're still going to see elevated scoring. Just I would bet against it being another record. Keith, without revealing too much, uh, since, you know, this is somewhat proprietary information. How do you go about doing projections? <laughs> um, I start on a team level. So, like, for instance, we were just talking about the Rams. They are one of the easier ones to look at the team level because even though the scoring's changed, a, a lot has stayed very similar. They have run between 1,055 and 1,088 plays each of the past three seasons. League median last year was 1,000. So I'm going to project the Rams to run more offensive plays. Um, then I look at their run pass splits. Then I look at how were their targets divided up. Chris mentioned the running back targets for them, 71 and 62 each of the past two seasons. That's very, very low. Even three years ago, it was 97. That's considering they threw the ball 568 times. That's a, that's a low rate as well, just not as low. So that's where I start is just with the play callers. It's more difficult. Obviously, we've got one, two, three, four, five, I think six teams that do not currently have an offensive coordinator. Um, some of those, I would say, matter more than others. Like you said, a new offensive coordinator for the Rams. I'm not sure that matters. Right. Uh, they just, I'm new, if the Chiefs lost Eric Bieniemy, I don't think that would probably matter. It's Andy Reid. Um, that's not fair to Eric Bieniemy. I think he brings something. I don't know if it would change the way that they. The philosophy is still. Right. Exactly. Yes. So that's yeah. where I start. And then I look at efficiency for players. Um, career past three years and full season to make a prediction on their efficiency projection on their efficiency for next year. How much do you change your projections whenever I give you an Azer stat? A lot? Um, no, there are definitely Azer stats that have changed. Like <laughs> Because I'm, and I think, like, there's no doubt this conversation that we're going to have, I'm fully anticipating Chris and you both will say things that will change the projections. When you project 32 teams 320 players or whatever in a matter of a week <laughs> based on the same criteria there should be certain splits that change your mind no mine are perfect <laughs> okay. as is and i will not be adjusting them at all at any point i don't know that Even i really when have players change teams i think maybe here's an azer stat if aaron Rodgers had he had a nine point what nine point three. I had touchdown. the stat ready. I love it. Do yeah. it. All right. So, it, what was his his touchdown rate? Nine point nine point one percent touchdown rate. His touchdown rate for his career is the second highest of all time. Six point three percent. Okay. So if he had just been at his six point three percent touchdown rate, he would have thrown thirty three touchdowns, which is fifteen fewer than what he did. And he would have been the number 10 quarterback in four-point, number nine quarterback in six-point per passing touchdown leagues. Instead of number two in four-point, number one, he would have been uh, basically 10th, 10th or 9th 
uh, if he had just been at his career touchdown rate. That, that's what makes him, I think, one of the most difficult players to project like, amongst guys that we have a bunch of information on because he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. His career efficiency is exceptionally good. His two years before last year were mediocre at best. Um, and the one thing we talked about going into last year when we were kind of poo-pooing Aaron Rodgers is, man, the Packers are sure behaving like a team that wants to be a lot more run heavy than they have been with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And they were a lot more run heavy <laughs> and he threw 40 touchdown passes. So it didn't matter. Yeah. yeah and, and that's, you know, that's one that there, there were a lot of numbers going around last off season about how the, you know, the Packers had one of the highest rushing touchdown rates in the NFL and how that was likely to regress. And I think they're probably um, going to regress a little bit in the opposite direction. I think the offense probably won't be quite as good uh, next season as well. But having said all that, I, I think he has the third highest touchdown projection for any uh, quarterback for me. And he certainly doesn't have the third most pass attempts project. No. And the other thing about that is, is, Okay, so if he had he would have scored like 390 points last year with his, in 6 point per passing touchdown leagues with his career touchdown rate. It's Aaron Rodgers we're talking about here. And that like I said that would have made him about QB9 in 2020, but QB3 in 2019. So even if he throws for he's not a huge yards guy always he's going to throw that much but if he throws for 33 touchdowns he hardly ever throws interceptions. You you know, it, it it's really Unless everybody else, because last year the quarterback position was just elevated so much, uh, has another amazing year. You're not; he's not going to be like QB nine uh, with with a six point three touchdown rate, six point three percent touchdown rate. Um, just that's just what it would have been in this crazy record setting year. All right, uh, I want to get into more specifics a little bit later. Just tell me, toughest team to project, uh, Heath. Toughest team to project. Um. Well, now or later once we get more variation. Like the one right uh, sneaky, I'm going to say sneaky tough team to project is one of the two teams left, Tampa Bay. I really hadn't considered that Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and like a third of their defense are all free agents. Mm. Yeah. No, all right, I get, that makes well, sense. I think they were pretty tough to, to project as is. Because one, they added Antonio Brown midseason and his role fluctuated as they went on. Mike Evans' role fluctuated as the season went on. Chris Godwin missed a, a pretty significant amount of time. And Leonard Fournette, I mean, presumably they don't bring Leonard Fournette back, but you know, right now I'm projecting them as if they have both, and they're the same guy to me, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. So um, you know, as we've seen over the last five weeks. The, the usage of those two guys, and really we saw it during the season, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, their usage kind of changed fairly consistently throughout the season. Yeah, arguably the most annoying thing in fantasy this year is <laughs> the Tampa Bay running game. All right, uh, we will get into Rams wide receivers, all, all of the, most of the elite quarterbacks, Panthers wide receivers, um, Christian McCaffrey, A.J. Brown, guys like that in a little bit. Time for plans for Heath. 
And we were talking yesterday about what to do after the Super Bowl. We'd like to have a podcast like right after the game, even if it's a quick one, just to sort of give our thoughts, some football this thoughts. This is a bad idea. And we thought, <laughs> well, if the Chiefs win, maybe we should have Heath on. If the Chiefs lose, we probably don't want to have Heath on. Now, I know there's going to be, you know, it's going to be a long day of barbecuing and, and, and drinking. Okay. But I thought it would be fun to have Heath on. But Ben told me that he was with you last year when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And Ben, what did you say he he was doing after they won? Running around in the backyard, uh-huh. holding many different kids and going near the water, extremely close to the water, and <laughs> celebrating. It was a good time. Yeah, but this will be a second in a row. So like the novelty have, will have worn off. It probably won't even make you that happy. It will be a much different um, situation. We had, it's weird to look back because that was like a month before things got shut down. Yep. Um, we had 25 people maybe in our house. Um, and that gives me anxiety now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I was, I will probably start, put the meat on the smoker about 4 AM and my smoker doesn't work without alcohol. <laughs> it just doesn't, I've tried it. It doesn't work. So I think me being on a podcast after the game is a bad idea. I mean, for you, baby, for the listeners, I think they would probably get some enjoyment out of it, but all right, we will negotiate. We'll, we'll talk about, it. we're working on plans for Heath for Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, watch the full length podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, or you can watch on demand on the CBS sports app on OTT devices. Um, it, it, is that right? Am I reading? Yeah. The, the, really? Yeah, you can. Our episodes are now on OTT devices. We are no not idea. on Roku right now. We're getting on Roku, but all the other OTT devices should have our full-length episodes. Well, guess what? That's guess the OTT device I own. Roku. Yeah, yeah, but that's all right. It we'll always get there takes eventually. them a little while to figure things out. It does. They Coming just got HBO Max, Max wasn't on there for right. like a month. Yeah, what was that all about? Anyway, go to the CBS Sports app. Scroll down until you see our familiar faces. Um, and listen, the uh, the biggest. Sporting spectacle of the year is nearly upon us. We know everyone loves making their picks, no matter if you're a diehard fan or you're just tuning in for the big game. So we, we think you're going to really love this opportunity. Enter the CBS Sports football props game for your chance to compete for the $1 million jackpot. That's right, $1 million if you correctly answer all of the questions and a guaranteed $50,000 to the winner. Okay, you can win all that money without risking anything. Football props is free to play. Visit cbssports.com slash props or download the CBS Sports app to enter. Also, um, I'm going to put the link in the episode description, but go to cbssports.com slash props or download the CBS Sports app and enter. Just answer some prop questions. You could win a lot of money. It's all free. Okay. Uh, news and notes. So Houston hired a new head coach, David Culley. He was the passing game coordinator and the assistant head coach for the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to keep their offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly. And how about this? The Texans were last in the NFL in plays and first in the NFL in yards per play. So that was pretty interesting. They ended up 13th in yards, 18th in scoring, but they're keeping Tim Kelly. The Seahawks are hiring Rams passing game coordinator, Shane Waldron, as their OC, as their offensive coordinator. He has no play-calling experience. And I, I said that the Rams are getting a new offensive coordinator, but I'm not right about that. I think I just just mixed it up with them losing their passing game coordinator. So it doesn't matter. It's a Sean McVay offense anyway. 
But apparently the Rams are going to have a competition between Goff and Wolf and uh, John Walford. According to Ian Rappaport, they're also unlikely to bring back Malcolm Brown and Gerald Everett and Josh Reynolds. Hopefully Andrew Whitworth will be back with the Rams. He's expected to play in 2021. Let's talk, though, about um, the Seahawks offensive coordinator, Heath Shane Waldron. Again, no play calling experience and uh, coming over from the Rams. Your thoughts here? Pete Carroll said they have to run the ball. There's been a lot written about this. The deep ball was not nearly as successful in the second half of the season. Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. He hired a passing game coordinator. What do you make of it? Well, they've always like there are. There was a quote um, from DK Metcalf this year, compared and contrasted to a quote from Tyler Lockett, I believe, three years ago, with both receivers saying basically the same thing. They got to the second half of the season, and they were doing the same thing they'd done all year, running the ball and throwing it deep. And teams just took away the deep ball and they didn't have any way to combat that. And so if their plan is to run the ball and throw it deep, then I guess maybe we should be concerned about, about that. But they still have arguably one of the top three or four wide receiver duos in the league. Um, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. I didn't really change too much based on this. I did plug in basically the Rams offensive tendencies contrasted with the Seahawks offensive statistics, you know, and it just basically comes out to a pretty close to an average offense. Okay. Lockett was definitely one of the tougher players to to project for me. And I was shocked at how good his numbers came out in, in a way that I don't feel totally comfortable with. Well, you just know, just know how it's going to happen. He's going to have like four huge games. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, Russell Wilson has been, you know, midway through the season, two years in a row, he's been basically the number one quarterback and then completely fallen off. So he must be a pain in the butt to project too, especially since you're, you're dancing with that super high touchdown rate all the time, which I know has to make you a little uncomfortable, right? Uh, you've done that it long one enough. was fairly easy. For me. He's done it long enough that I just accept that he is going to be a 6% touchdown rate guy. There's a few of those. Um, okay. But like, he is in a range where if you changed his yards by five, it might change his ranking by that many spots. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe Lombardi for the Chargers. He's now their offensive coordinator. He says an up-tempo offense is part of what he's building. And let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, though. Green Bay president Mark Murphy said there is no way in heck Aaron Rodgers won't be on Green Bay next season. Jason Lockenfora for CBS Sports wrote an article with a very, very different theme to it. A lot of people expect Aaron Rodgers to be gone. People in the NFL, coaches, front office execs. It's a really interesting article, so please read it. We'll check in on it, uh, obviously, as there's news throughout the offseason. Kyle Rudolph doesn't... Yeah, I, I want to go back to Joe Lombardi just for a second. Yeah, yeah. Because there were some things that came out on Twitter about his approach, talking about a balanced approach. He's been an offensive coordinator in Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it was only for like... Two seasons, I think. Like a season and a half even. I think he got fired after like six games the second year. Um, yeah, but it, he's at up-tempo. They were a very up-tempo offense in terms of plays run. They were a very pass-heavy team. And they threw the ball to their running backs more than any team in the league. No, I'm sorry. So, I have to interrupt you. You're you're saying the Lions when he was the coordinator or the Chargers yes, last year? The Lions. Okay. Um, cool. And so keep that going then. Uh Scotty Miller thinks he's the fastest player in the NFL. 
I mean, the last time not. the last time you faced Tyreek Hill, he had 200 yards in the first quarter. Why would you say anything that might fire him up even a little bit? But also, like, he ran at the combine. He ran a four four four, which is really fast. That's like in the 80th percentile for NFL wide receivers, maybe a little higher. I read that he had he had it run a four three nine. I don't know, maybe it was his pro day or something like even that. Even then, that's still Henry Ruggs ran a four two seven. Yeah. Well, he thinks he's, he's not close to the fastest NFL player. <laughs> the 49ers signed Jeff Wilson to a one-year deal. Heath, who do you think the number one running back for the Niners will be next year? You know, maybe Scotty Miller is the fastest because when he got into a race, he would just grit his way to win the race. So that would make him the fastest. Um, I currently have Raheem Mostert projected as the best running back, but neither of them are. I don't think either 49ers running back came in my top 25. Chris? Same. I have them very close to one another. And Catherine Terrell or Terrell of The Athletic covers the Saints, expects the Saints to move on from Jared Cook. All right, so let's go to our let's go to our projections here. And we'll start with some of Heath's. And obviously, Chris will weigh in on all of these. But David Johnson, what do you want to start with, actually? One of the things you told me is David Johnson's the top 15 PPR running back. Uh, Matt Ryan, you want to talk about his pass attempts going from Dirk Cutter to Arthur Smith. Rams wide receivers, Panthers wide receivers, Lamar Jackson, QB2. What do you want to start with? Oh, you said them all. Um, I don't... I don't think the David Johnson one means anything. It's just the type of thing that sticks out um, that he... He was actually not awful next year, and it seems like with his contract and the Texans situation, he's probably going to be their starting running back next year, and he's probably going to fall the fifth or sixth round in the in the running back dead zone. And if he's there in the fifth or sixth round, I'm probably going to draft him. That's all it is about David Johnson. Uh, I did he did come out at number sixteen in my projections. He will not be ranked in my top twenty, um, but. That's that. That's that. The Matt Ryan one, I think, is one of the more interesting. Six hundred and seventeen pass attempts for him the last three years. That's a hundred and fifty-one more pass attempts per year than Ryan Tannehill averaged under Arthur Smith. Now, I don't think with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, you're going to go in there and turn in that defense, which is sometimes awesome and sometimes awful. And those running backs. And those running backs, you're going to turn the team into that. But I do project them to be amongst the most run-heavy teams in football next year Why? because that's how I that's how I like it's the same reason that I did with the Browns and Kevin Stefanski last year. But they had good um, running backs. I, I would anticipate that the Falcons are going to have a different running back than Edo Smith and Quadri Allison going into the n- next season. Um, I have Matt Ryan currently at 512 pass attempts. That's, That's not again, good. again, like a 15% increase over what Arthur Smith has called historically. Um, but that's a bad that's bad news for the Falcons in general. It means Matt Ryan's not a top tw- 18 quarterback. And it, when you've got Ridley and Julio, it means that they're probably not as high as Chris has them. Uh, yes, I do have Matt Ryan projected for his fewest pass attempts since 2017. It's about 80 more than Heath has them projected for. I just, I, I think like, yes, I understand what Arthur Smith has done with the Tennessee Titans, but the Tennessee Titans personnel is very different than the Falcons t- personnel. The, the situations are very different. And I think 
generally speaking, offensive coordinators, the good ones, and I assume Arthur Smith is a good one, uh, you know, they'll tailor their offense to the guys that they have. And I just, I don't think taking 80 plays away from Matt Ryan um, and giving them to whoever the running back is, are, is, is the, the right decision. But I don't know that for sure. Right. It's, yeah. This is a guessing thing. The thing that scares me the most, um, I think, about the pass attempts is that the Titans defense was pretty much awful last year. Um, and they still didn't really throw the ball. Yeah, they they were so committed to the run. I mean, you'd see games where they're trailing late in the game, and every team throws basically except for the Titans. Derrick Henry, uh, he was a, he's a big play guy, and they're you know a, a way to get back into the game. It is interesting. Atlanta's defense gave up just twenty three points per game after the Dan Quinn firing. The last eleven games, they went four and seven compared to zero and five. First five games, they gave up thirty two point two points per game. They also faced Seattle, Dallas, and Green Bay in there. Last 11 games, 23 points per game, which is pretty good. But even in those games, Matt Ryan was on pace for 614 pass attempts, uh, which would have led the NFL, and he did lead the NFL in, in pass, that's pass like, attempts. Again, speaking of offensive coordinators, that's what Dirk Cutter does. Yeah. yeah, like That's what he always does. So he's going from the guy that always throws it 600 times to the guy that never throws it 500. We're gonna, it's a big guessing game. Um, I think there's at least two more that are, that are good. Cooper Cup last year, basically except for the running game and a strange turn in touchdown usage, was better than Robert Woods. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to rank Cooper Cup better than Robert, higher than Robert Woods. They're much closer though than I anticipated. Cup averaged more targets, catches, and yards per game than Woods, and the prior two or three years, it was pretty clear that Cooper Cup was the guy that was used in the red zone and Robert Woods couldn't ever score touchdowns. Um, so I, I think, like, I've got them very, very close. I think I have Woods at 11 and Cup at 15, but that probably means I'm going to draft a lot of Cooper Cup. You, you have them both as top 15 receivers? I do. That yeah, would change Woods. if Goff, obviously. I have Woods 15 and Cup 17. I'm a little dismayed at both how high they are and how close they are. Um, <laughs> but I do have them projected for the same amount of touchdowns. I I generally think I'm not surprised that Cooper Cup had a down touchdown season. I feel like that was like he's had basically two seasons where he scored a higher share of touchdowns than you would expect given his overall usage and two seasons where he hasn't. So my assumption is he's just kind of a normal touchdown guy who's had a lot of, you know, uh, you know, outlier seasons both ways. But, but I would say like, and Chris has talked about, I can remember Chris talking about this in baseball and it's the, the he's due argument. Cooper cup was due to score five touchdowns last year, not three. Um, like even with his regression, it wasn't that he should have had that bad of a touchdown season. Right. And, and I think the, the thing there is that they're just, because they're on the same team, you're probably going to see more often than not a give and take there. It's not going to be, they probably won't both score the seven touchdowns. I have them projected for next season because generally speaking, every touchdown Robert Woods scores is one that Cooper cup can't and vice versa. 
Cup did lead the team. Let me give you a few stats here and you guys can react. Cup led the team in red zone and green zone targets, but very, very close. It was He had one more than Woods in the red zone. He had two more targets than Woods in the green zone. It was evenly distributed inside the 10-yard line. And like I said, Goff didn't throw the ball a lot near the end zone. Uh, if we just want to look at these three wide receivers and their points per game, fantasy points per game rank in the last three seasons, uh, Cooper Cup has been... Ninth, seventh, and 39th in non PPR. 14th, seventh, and 28th in full PPR. And he was so low this year because he didn't score touchdowns. He had he was on pace for 98 catches, over a thousand yards, but only three touchdowns. So uh, in 2018 and 19, he was top 10 in non PPR per game. He was top 14 in PPR. Robert Woods has not been quite as high. He's been 14th, 28th, and 19th. And 17th, 14th, and 18th in PPR. 14th, 28th, 19th, and non. 17th, 14th, and 18th. Very consistent, Robert Woods. Three years in a row on a per-game basis, ranked 14th through 18th in points per game. Or he finished 14th through 18th in points per game in PPR. So uh, that's just a little perspective for you. And that's kind of where you guys have him ranked, right? Right in that range. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the biggest difference is the touchdowns. You know, I, one thing at wide receiver is the difference between... Uh, the tiers, especially outside of like the top five or so, you're talking about relatively small margins. So, you know, finishing 14th one year and, and the other guy finishing 22nd, they were probably only separated by a handful of points. And one thing I, I do have in my projections that I think some people may not think, um, I don't generally like rushing production for wide receivers, but um, kind of like Tyreek Hill, we're going on three straight years now where Robert Woods has at least 17 extra fantasy points in the running game. Mm-hmm. Last year, it was uh, 28, I think. So I don't think you should protect him for zero fantasy points in the rushing game. Like, I think that's one advantage he has on other receivers. The final one that I think kind of stood out to me was Patrick Mahomes. And obviously, I think everyone will have him number one at quarterback. I'm kind of coming around on the idea that he should maybe be a second round pick instead of a third round pick. Um, on a per game basis over the last three years, he's been almost four fantasy points better than any other active quarterback. You have to say that because Andrew Luck played half a season and averaged like 28 fantasy points per game and still shows up. But I I kind of think maybe he's just worth it. Okay, but... So give me that stat again of the last three years. 3.8 more fantasy points per game than any other quarterback. In six point per passing touchdown leagues? Correct. But then now I'll ask you a process question because he hasn't been that in the last two years. You know, if you if you were to remove his record setting year uh, three seasons ago, you just look at the last two years. I don't even know if he's the number one quarterback. Uh, you know, he hasn't been number one per game in either of those two seasons. So what well, does that like mean last to you? year? And it's frustrating to me because you can look at three different sources for our scoring and see three different decimal um, answers. But <laughs> right now, I, I, I've got Rogers, Mahomes, Allen, and Dak, if you wanted to count him all basically within a half of a fantasy point per game at 29 point whatever your number happens to show. Yeah, I don't um, get it. I don't understand. Some, right. I think it's just fumbles. I think some of them don't have the fumble category. Right. 
But those were four of the six seasons over the past four of the six quarterbacks over the past three years to score that many fantasy points. Yeah. Like Mahomes was second or third on a per game basis last year. He was fourth or fifth over the last three years. And one of the other top five was also him. I I think the the sort of simplified way to do it is to just to make another baseball analogy. It's like Mike Trout in fantasy. Mm. He doesn't always finish as the number one quarterback, but it takes an outlier season from Josh Allen. But we're not. It takes an not, outlier season from Dak Prescott. We're not arguing that Mahomes should be one. It's that Heath said he should be in the second round. Yeah. So I, how much higher? How because Trout is always you know like if he's number one, okay, it's, you're comparing him to like. Who's going to be number two? Is it Mookie Betts? But but how much farther down is the next quarterback, I guess, you know? Yeah, I think the difference between number one at QB for me and there's a difference between how I value them in the top three, top 200 and how I value them in fantasy points. But the gap between them, number one and number two is about the same as number two to number 10 or so for me but I still have Mahomes more in like the fourth round range. Okay. Um, I want to get to, I think the next group of quarterbacks is really interesting. Chris has Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson basically tied. And then he has Lamar Jackson just behind them. Heath has Lamar Jackson as QB too. So let's talk about that. But right now I'm going to tell you it's 2021 and you got to kick your new year off with some serious fashion. All right, upgrade your wardrobe. Go to express.com or go to an express store and start shopping. Get an all-new look. Now, I've got the most comfortable shirt in my entire wardrobe on me right now. Um, This is an express sweater. It's awesome. It's cold up here, by the way. Very warm, very comfortable. I plan on napping in this a little bit later because it is basically like wearing a blanket. I've also got express socks on. Uh, my wife made fun of me for having gray socks, gray pants, and a gray sweater on today. That is okay. Uh, two of those three items are from Express, and they are extremely comfortable in keeping me warm. Um, I also have a T-shirt. I've got pants. I've got a sports coat. I've got cool, a cool weather jacket. All this stuff from Express, and it's just absolutely awesome, and I love it. And I walk out. Well, I don't go outside much, but it is important to walk outside and feel good about what you're wearing. Get that little pep in your step. Get that little boost of confidence. You can do that on Express. And another thing I like about Express is versatility. Um, When you buy something from Express, it's going to work with other things in your wardrobe. It's going to work for different types of occasions. You know, you've got fancy stuff and you've got laid back stuff. Um, Then you've got these kind of in-between things, a lot of, you know, that just work with different types of occasions. So there's a lot of versatility and a lot of comfort. Check out the jeans on Express, by the way. The Lux Comfort Denim Jeans, extra stretch, super soft fabric, as comfortable as your favorite sweats. Again, start the new year right with an all-new look. Shop Express in stores and online at express.com right now. All right, Chris, let's talk about QBs 2 and beyond. So right now, how do you have it 2 through two through 6, basically? Yeah, so I'm, I actually I, I changed things just a little bit. Uh, but 2 through 5 are, are separated by 4 points. I have a Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is slightly behind. I think he's like a touchdown behind Lamar Jackson. Um, And so for me, it's basically Mahomes in tier by himself. Then there's a tier of about five. Maybe you include Deshaun Watson there. 
And then there's another tier drop off, but those tiers are really, really close to one another. You're talking about five points separating two and five and 11 points separating six and eight or six and nine. And who's in the tier Um, again? Can you just repeat the names? Uh, Mahomes number one, then Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and in the next tier, Aaron Rodgers, sort of in that tier, and then Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. I have Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill, but obviously, uh, you know, depending on who's actually starting for those teams, that could change. If if the other guys that those teams have are starting, they probably won't be ranked as high. Uh, I'll follow up. Why Dak Prescott outside of that? second tier he was (laughs) i mean look at this his first four games he got hurt in week five his first four games he's on pace for 6760 yards 36 touchdowns 12 interceptions plus another 344 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns so when you go back by the way people when you look at points per game Dak prescott's got you know like half a game against the giants or he didn't do very well uh before that he he may have been better than he i'm guessing he was better than anyone in terms of points per game in just those four games. Yeah, he had to have been. Uh, partially, it's that I don't think he's going to throw the ball 800 times, which is what he was on pace for after the first four games. And when you you know, look at it on, act- and on, on a per-play basis, you know, the touchdown rate was a little lower uh, than what we've got, gotten used to. Um, I just What he was doing wasn't totally sustainable. And sure. they're, not going to be, they're not going to have to be as aggressive. If you remember early on, they were trailing in pretty much every game by fairly big numbers. And so they, uh, you know, he was throwing the ball 39, 47, 57, 58 times, and then 21 in that game. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, why isn't he not with the second tier? I'm not saying, why isn't he the number one quarterback? I'm saying, why is he behind Kyler, Wilson, and and Allen, and who was the other guy? Not Rodgers. Well, he's projected for the second fewest rushing yards among that group. And he's he's a good rushing quarterback, but it's mostly what he does in the red zone. And you know, I do have him projected for four rushing touchdowns. That's a healthy number, but um, you know, comparing it to Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, those guys are all better runners than him. And then Aaron Rodgers, I just think he'll be a more efficient quarterback than uh, Dak Prescott. It, it's so interesting because like I was trying to parse these, and I think it's seven guys for me that. And they're not quite as close in some areas as Chris has them. And I've got Rogers behind the group, but um, compare like, it's just how much of last year was even kind of real. Um, because but when I'm looking at on a per game basis in 2018, Deshaun Watson was second at 24 points per game in 2019. He was second at 24.9 points per game. Yeah. Last year, Deshaun Watson scored 27.1 and fell down to like sixth or seventh. (laughs) Yeah. So like, and you look at it and with somebody like Rogers over the best, best three seasons, his second best season is 22.7 fantasy points per game. Josh Allen's second best season is 20.5. Like these guys made this huge leap from what they've been doing last year. When, Dak and Watson were considerably better than them the year before. Wilson's been considerably better than them two years, the two years prior. And I'm not saying that like some of these things that changed last year aren't things that should just maybe the same in 2021. But 
it is putting a lot of weight into sure. 2020 to put Allen and Rogers considerably ahead of Watson and deck. Uh, that's totally fair. It's, it's a really hard question to answer. Um, I, and, and the problem is I do have a significant amount of regression baked in for both of them. Yeah. Um, Kyler, the, the, the thing that really frightens me is I have, well, one, he's entering his third year. Um, so the fact that he, you know, took a step forward, that's not necessarily surprising. I have him projected for almost 200 fewer rushing yards than he got this season. That's probably the place where he's most uh, predictable, I guess. And the place where he has the most room to grow is obviously as a passer. That passing game actually wasn't all that good this season. Um, And you can say that maybe that'll remain the case, but it's also certainly possible that he takes another step forward as a passer. And, you know, I, I think when you put those things together, I think Kyler Murray probably has south of Patrick Mahomes, maybe the most realistic upside for anyone. Um, And Josh Allen, (laughs) I was a big Josh Allen skeptic, but he just, it never fell off. I kept expecting something to fall off. I kept expecting, oh, he's going to get exposed in the playoffs. And it like, it just never happened. And at some point, the combination of him being a dominant red zone force and having, you know, I think arguably the best receiving core in the NFL, it's just really hard to, it was really hard for me to get him lower than he is. Um, even though I did try at, at various points. And, you know, what, what'll be interesting to see if they move on from John Brown, which I think is likely he carries a very small dead cap hit. And they have, I think, the fifth most amount of money on their wide receiving core. So I, I would think they might move on, except that, Gabriel Davis was really awesome as a rookie. And, um, uh, you know, I think he might be ready to just step in and, and take on a bigger role without them losing much. So, um, sorry, this fits into the conversation. I wasn't trying to uh, step on what you were saying. I, and maybe Adam said this in the news and I just didn't hear it, but Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade. Oh, no, I didn't. I did not say that. Yeah, he obviously is, his projections are obviously up in the air depending on where he ends up. Um, but you know, Josh Allen, we got to talk about Lamar Jackson in this discussion too. First of all, let me say this. Okay, let's talk Kyler Murray real quick. Kyler Murray, you look at the final numbers, and Chris mentioned the passing production wasn't that good. It wasn't great. Thirty nine hundred, uh, three thousand nine hundred seventy one yards, twenty six touchdowns, twelve picks. That's really not great in sixteen games. But before the sprained AC joint. He was on pace for 4,222 yards, 30 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, which is a lot. But you'll take, I mean, 4,200 yards and 30 touchdowns. If you give me that from Kyler Murray, I think I might, I think he's, he'd be my number two quarterback. Just Here's with, the with, thing. But, and I have Kyler currently projected ahead of Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. But on a per game basis, Deshaun Watson was better than Kyler Murray last year. But not Deshaun before Watson the not before the was, sprained AC joint. Okay, fine. But he was not close to as good as Deshaun Watson has been in any year of his career as a rookie. As a rookie, Deshaun Watson, his half a season blows Kyler Murray away. His second and third year blows Kyler Murray away that year. So I just Well, wait. wait, wait. Okay, so Kyler's second year yeah. in this year of the, oh, the 27 point quarterback. Right. But right. 
we've never seen Kyler Murray be better than Deshaun Watson. Except except for except the yes, first nine games before. But his I could take a nine game sample from any of these quarterbacks and make the case that they're the best quarterback in the NFL. That's the thing, though. Well, it wasn't, I, I it, wasn't a actually, random, it wasn't a random nine game sample, though. It was pre injury, shoulder injury. Second, I, I think that's actually kind of the point. I I think outside of Patrick Mahomes, you can make a case for at least a half dozen, and I would say as many as eight other quarterbacks to be the number two quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I just think that's the state of the position. And that's part of why I don't necessarily need to reach on Patrick Mahomes. The, the replacement level at quarterback is so high. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not, I'm not reaching on the number two quarterback. <laughs> that's I think, no, 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 for, for, sure. for me, it's just whoever's left of that group. What, what's your difference, Chris, between Mahomes and number two, and then between Mahomes and number 10. Difference between Mahomes and number two is 21 total points. Difference between Mahomes and number 10 is 52. So about four points per game. So it's, yeah, it sets, um, that's significant. So that you have the difference between Mahomes and number 10 is what the difference between Mahomes and number two has been over the last three years. Yes. And what do you have? Um, um, no, I have him at 50 points better than any other quarterback. And how much between him and number 10? 96. Wow. Yeah. It's a big difference. So I, I, I just, it's just, I have Mahomes projected for a lot more points. I am for 422. Yeah. I've got him. Projection. Yeah. I've got him significantly higher than that. So we're definitely not going to get to all the things I wanted to talk about. Um, but I feel I'm loving this quarterback conversation here. So Josh Allen, how do you guys deal with the fact that his rushing, his rushing yards have decreased every year? Still, a, you know, a bonus there. He's still over 400, but um, well, let me just get the exact numbers. It's gone from 631 yards as a rookie, and he only started 11 games, to 510 to 421, but eight to nine rushing touchdowns every year. And that's just, like, Dak Prescott was 6-6-6 in his first three years, and then three in his fourth year, and then three again last year in only five games. But, like, I mean, can we really trust that? Eight to nine rushing touchdowns every year. So how, how do you look at Josh Allen's rushing totals? The yards coming down and the touchdowns just feel like too good to be true? Or or are you convinced he can do that again, Heath? Oh, I definitely think um, he's going to have a fall off. It's just, does he fall? Like, I think most of the quarterbacks that scored 30 fantasy points last year per game are going to have a fall off. And does he fall off further than them? I, It's okay if Josh Allen's rushing production falls off, if Stefan Diggs makes him a good passer, yeah. um, if he's improved enough accuracy-wise to where he's a good passer. I, I've i got him right about 4,000 yards passing and 30 touchdowns um, and right around 500 yards rushing. That The key will be, is okay if the rushing yards fall, if they consider it, continue to use him as their goal line back. And I don't know why we wouldn't think they're going to do that. They've done it for three years in a row. Okay, so let's talk about Lamar Jackson, and then I'll ask you guys, who are you taking number two? Who's your number two quarterback? But Lamar Jackson, well, first, Heath, are you taking him number two right now? He, Lamar Jackson is my number two quarterback, and it goes back kind of to the same thing we were saying about Deshaun Watson. The best we've seen from Lamar Jackson was 20% better than any quarterback that year. The worst we've seen from, well, what we saw from Lamar Jackson last year, I won't say the worst because his seven games as a starter as a rookie were worse, but what we saw last year 
was the number two quarterback on a per game basis in 2018 and 2019. And another thing, you know, I mentioned this yesterday, right? Like he was QB 10. I mentioned this on FFT and five, actually. He was QB 10 this year, right around there. But you give him his fantasy points from 2020 and put him in 2019 and he's QB three, I think. And that's if you, that's if you remove, you know, 2019 Lamar Jackson, I don't, I never compare one player against himself. Um, so he's got the rushing totals. Whereas I feel like so many quarterbacks who finished ahead of him could really come back to earth in their passing totals because it was just so wild last year. But with him, you know, he, that's not a problem for him. He didn't necessarily overachieve as a passer. He had a pretty he came high, back to earth last year. As he a did, passer. <laughs> and he still had a high touchdown rate. Um, but and I we, think he always will. Yeah, we all know yeah, Baltimore is going to be really efficient. But he's just like he's got this floor with the rushing. I mean, he's he's basically a thousand yard rusher. He's three years in a row. He's been on pace for over a thousand rushing yards. So if the other guys don't do as much as they did in the as passers. You know, that's just going to really benefit Lamar Jackson. He could shoot up from number 10 to number two. Yeah, maybe number who knows, who knows maybe number one. Uh, that's that's kind of how I see it. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I have him four and a half points behind. Like, if he's, if I had him projected for four and a half more points, I, he would be the number two quarterback. Yeah. So it's, I'm right there. It's just like Kyler's probably going to throw for close to a thousand yards more than him, probably the same amount of touchdowns. And so it comes down to, you know, does Lamar Jackson outrush him by 300 yards and a couple touchdowns? You know, Kyler's been an, an incredible goal line quarterback as well. Um, and before that AC joint injury, he was on pace for, I believe, over a thousand yards as well. So, you know, I it's a jumble. And the the lesson for me is really that it's just I'm not going to pay a premium for any of them. And that's always the case for me at quarterback. Um but I legitimately think there could be 10 quarterbacks in 2020 who averaged 25 fantasy points per game. What do you have for um, Kyler and Lamar's passing touchdowns? Because I think that's the like the same. Yeah. 20, well, 26 for Kyler, 27 for, for Lamar. Yeah. On a, you know, 150 different, 130 pass attempt difference. Right. Which seems kind of silly, but. There, I don't see any reason to expect Kyler to throw more touchdowns. Than well, more. I, I will just, but there is the like Kyler was, you know, the most efficient offensive quarterback we've ever seen in college, and it's entirely possible that he does make a leap, and a leap for him would be like a five and a half percent touchdown rate would get him to, you know, roughly off the top of my head, thirty-two passing touchdowns, I think. Yeah. That would be, that would get him really close to to Patrick Mahomes. I think that that's the well, that's, that's what he was on pace for who, before the injury. Yeah, and he was that's the number the one thing quarterback with uh, with a guy who runs like he does, which is almost as good as Lamar Jackson, and you know will throw the ball five hundred plus times. Hmm. I don't. So Jackson is number two for Heath right now. Chris, how about you? Uh, five, but no, no, no. Who's number two? Oh, Kyler. Kyler. I don't know who I would take number two. I, I might be unpopular. I might be Watson. I just think he's a better player. I, I think it's perfectly reasonable. I think he's a better player than those guys. I think Wilson, if Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, maybe Rogers is second. Wilson, Watson are three and four to me. 
It's going to depend. Players. Like, do the Texans trade Deshaun Watson somewhere where he's playing in a good offense with good receivers? Do they placate him by signing Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin or one of those guys? Although, then he can very easily be number two. The arguably the best stretch of his career came with Brandon Cooks and a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of guys who literally yeah. could not get on the field. Because yeah. Bill, it was also without Bill O'Brien. It was. <laughs> well, he won't have Bill O'Brien this year, presumably. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play at Alabama. Quick break here, and uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. You know the email address. Here we go. From Cody or Cote, C-O-T-E? Probably, I don't know. I don't know, from C-O-T-E. Good afternoon, Dwight, Jim, and Michael. I guess I'm probably Michael. I have the fifth pick in a dynasty rookie draft. Who would you target in that area? It's PPR and it's a 2QB league. The weak spots on my team would be in this order. Quarterback, tight end, running back, wide receiver. In order from worst to best. So quarterback, he's weakest, followed by tight end, running back, wide receiver. So what do you guys, you know, quick, I don't know, look at a mock draft if you need to. PPR, um, two QB league, fifth pick. What are we looking at there? Um, the problem is your biggest needs are the two places where it's harder to make an impact as a rookie QB and tight end. I, I, I would think maybe, like depending on how, if, if it's a real need at QB, like you're looking long term and you just don't have anyone, um, then I, I think either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence because. Both of them have profiles that could make them incredibly valuable fantasy quarterbacks. And this is, man, if you don't run in 2021 and beyond, given the guys who are coming into the NFL this year and the the rushing ability that they have, it may just be Aaron Rodgers and nobody else who doesn't run uh, among the good fantasy quarterbacks in the future. I just don't, I don't think Lawrence will be there. I don't think Lawrence will be there either. And the thing with fields is there are too many people that are just split on him and too many inconsistent performances that you've got the fifth pick. I know it's a need for you, but do you really want to pass him up for a much more sure thing uh, at running back or, or wide receiver? Or Kyle Pitts, you might have to wait a year on, but could be just a total stud at tight end. I'm not sure I'm going with a quarterback there. I would probably, I would just take best player available, I think, and then look to make a trade if you have to. But uh, like, yeah, if I Jamar think, Chase is there, like I don't think Devontae Smith re- will be there. But I think regardless of context, you know, heading in right now, based on what we know, I, I, I feel like there's probably a, a, a top four, not including the quarterbacks. I, I think it's probably Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Travis Etienne in some order. ETN. 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 Kind of like an ATM machine. ETN. He is so freaking good, by the way. Like, if he were there at five... You know, you'd have to take him over a quarterback or a tight end, unless Trevor yeah, Lawrence so is I there. I think it's one of those four guys, or if Lawrence is there. Yeah, and that's right. That's the PPR. That's a two QB league. All right, uh, from Jason Dispenegatis. Dis- Dis- he even gave me the phonetics that I still. 
can't pronounce this guy's name. I mean, name. it's right there. <laughs> oh, it's right say there. It. That's the whole point. It's yeah, but he didn't He didn't tell me which syllable to emphasize. Like, he's got to put one of those syllables in caps. The spinagitis? The spinagitis? Uh, Just say them all exactly the same. This been a guy. No, there's always an emphasis. No, not this name. Okay. <laughs> Dear Tom, Chris, Rob, Mike, and Cameron. Tom, Chris, Rob, Mike, and Cameron. No idea. I'm the commissioner. Um, and I, as well as other managers, would like to switch our league from a standard draft slash waiver wire priority over to an auction and fab league or a salary cap and fab, fab league. The wrinkle is that it's a three player max keeper league. Um, how do I accommodate the values for some players like Darren Waller in the fifth round, Eckler in the third, McCaffrey in the second? Uh, do I just, oh, um, Tom, Chris, Rob, Mike, and Cameron are Bucks players. Thank you, Ben Schrager. So, yeah, he wants to go from standard format to a auction slash fab, or sorry, salary cap slash fab, but you've got these keeper values. Is there any way to translate Darren Waller in the fifth and give him a dollar value? Um, you're going to say a dollar value to a draft slot. Yeah. And then whatever that slot was, where they were where they were drafted or, or kept the previous year, that's the simplest way to do it. And if you want to use, now I don't know how soon you're doing it, but once we have auction values, you could just use our top 200 to establish the value for a draft slot. It's a good idea. Okay, from Timothy, I have a tough keeper decision to make. Half PPR, 12 team, one keeper league. And I have the 12th pick in the draft. My three options are Camara, 12th overall, Diggs or Akers, 60th overall. Half PPR, 12 team league, Camara, 12th, or Diggs or Akers, 60th. I think I'd go Diggs. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the it's a classic question of do you take the best value or the best player? Um I have Kamara as the number two overall player. So getting him at the 12th pick is pretty awesome. Like, there's no way you're going to get Alvin Kamara at the 12th pick. You're going to get a significantly worse player. And um, yeah. All right. So he, so he says Diggs. What would you say? I think I'd probably go Diggs just because a second rounder for, a, for the fifth round pick is, you know, probably a, a slightly better value. Also, the thing I'm thinking about here to jump in 12th pick is really 24th pick. So that's quite a value on Kamara for yeah, Chris's 2 if, to 24. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a good point. The whoever's available at the 12th pick is going to be, you know, worse than your standard 12th overall pick. So I think that makes me lean Kamara. That's a good point, Ben. Um, well, no, but wait, hold on. Not necessarily because some of the players who are going to be kept are not going to be kept in the first round. They're not going to be right. kept for a first-round pick, and they're not going to be first-round values. They could be like J.K. Dobbins in the eighth round or something like that, you know? Right, but every team's if if every team, I guess, you're only pick, keeping one. You're keeping one, but you're not necessarily giving up your first-round pick. I still think I go with Kamara. I like this last question. It's about uh, dynasty trades. I'm going to save it for the beginning of another show or early on in another show because it's an interesting topic. Um, trade This guy traded Josh Kelly and James Robinson early in the season. One was a great trade. One was a terrible trade. How can you kind of know um, what to do in those situations? Who's going to end up being legit and whatnot? So uh, I think it's a good question from Steven, and I'm going to try to save it for another episode. Uh, thanks a lot, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. 
Make sure you're subscribing to Fantasy Football today in five. Uh, think of some things that Heath that you want Heath to do after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl next week. Obviously make him do it on video. And uh, anyway, enjoy yourself, and we'll talk to you on Monday with another episode of Fantasy Football Day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.